Today, I'm going to start out by talking to you about something that seems like we talk about a good bit. We're going to start out and talk about the human connection and how important that is for us to have relationship and to be connected to each other. Um, but this may be the most important conversation that we ever have. Because if you can't figure this out, then you'll never really believe. All of these things that, that we believe and we, we teach and we preach, and like without connection to other humans, none of them work. It doesn't make sense. You'll never really believe. You can't really hope, love, or connect to the heart of God and people if you don't learn how to connect to each other. Right, we've talked about it before. You can't say the old thing like me and God are good or me and Jesus are good. I just, I can't work it out with people. That doesn't work. That goes against you saying me and God are good. No, you're not. Because he compels you, love compels you to work it out and to connect and to be in relationship and you can't fulfill your purpose alone and you can't, there's, there's so many reasons. If you don't learn how to connect to each other, this whole language of faith will become superficial and inadequate. And you will blame God because you think he didn't come through, but you never understood that the way or the context in which God comes through is how you connect to other humans. So what is it like? What is it that we're going to be talking about today? What's the main thought, the subject, the idea? Like, what are you getting at here, Dusty? It's an attribute. It's a virtue. This quality that I want to talk, to, talk about today, I've noticed that every human that connects on a deep level, they have this. Every human that has deep connections, every human that is changing the world, that's making a big impact, that's leaving a legacy, they all have this virtue, this attribute. And if it is missing or deficient in your life, you may feel alone. You may find yourself feeling disconnected often. It might be why you have such a hard time connecting to other people. What is it? It's trust. Well, y'all don't be so excited. Take it easy. I've still got more to say. Y'all are jumping up and down there. I said trust. Y'all are like, wah, wah. Oh, we've heard about that. We already know about trust. <laughs> I know. Some of y'all are excited. You just forgot to tell your face. <laughs> I'm kidding. Because when, we, when I say trust, it's kind of like you're waiting on this big buildup to like, this is what I need to properly connect to other humans and be all that I can be. And then you say trust, and it's like, what? How's that? Like, don't worry, we're going to talk about it. Let me read you these two verses real quick because this is a familiar scripture, and we we talked about this one several times before but Proverbs 3 verse 5 says trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths and so we're not going to like break that down because we talked about the, that verse a couple of weeks ago but I wanted to read it as we start out because it's a reminder that we're supposed to trust in the Lord with all our heart Right, And he'll direct our paths. He'll show us where we need to go. He'll give us that next step if we trust him with all our heart. In church, we talk about how you need to trust God. Like I feel like we talk about that a good bit in here and in the church as a whole. We talk about how you should trust God and how he's trustworthy and how God's never let us down and he's never failed. And like half of the praise and worship songs are about how you can trust God. And I agree with that. And hopefully you do too. That God is trustworthy. He will not let you down. He's never lost or he's never failed. But we don't talk too much about trusting people. 
Why? There are tons of scriptures. We're going to look at several of them that Paul teaches us about it and Jesus taught about it in example and in word and scripture. But why don't we talk about trusting people? Because people are idiots. Right? People will hurt you because people will let you down because people will give you reasons not to trust. I'm pretty sure everybody in this room has been hurt by a person at some point in their life. If you haven't, wow. You need to get an award or a prize. I'm pretty sure we've all probably been hurt by somebody. We've probably all been hurt by somebody close to us. Because people will let you down. So it's kind of hard to talk about the fact that we need to trust people. Something we just kind of, maybe we want to avoid that. Because they'll let you down. But here's the problem. If you don't trust people, and all people are created in God's image, and, and we're his hands and feet, like we're God's expression to the world. The plan is that people would look at us and look at the church and that they would see God. So we're his expression. And if you don't trust people, then eventually or ultimately, you won't trust God. Like, it's just a fact. You can't run around not trusting people and being this cynical person and fully trust God. And if you can't trust God or people, then you have some serious mental battles ahead. Because without trust, how do you even have hope for the future? If you don't trust God, if you don't trust people, if you don't have any relationships you could trust, if you don't, then how do you even have a hope for a future without trust? Hope without trust is broken. Just like love without trust is broken. You, without trust, it needs work. So without trust, you can't really have a good hope for a future. Without trust, how can you have faith? You can't. Because faith is trust. You can interchange those words. Look up the meaning of faith and you'll find trust. Look up the meaning of trust and you'll find faith. Belief, trust, faith. You you can't have faith without trust. And what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. No. What is love without trust? It's broken. It needs work. It's not real love. It's not agape love. It's not God's love. It's a a form of love. It's a man's love, a broken love, something that needs work. Love without trust. You see... If you really learn to trust God, then it will transform the way that you trust people. The body of Christ gets, I think, caught up sometimes on signs and and wonders and miracles and spiritual gifts and sometimes speaking in tongues or all these different things that we can get caught up on and put great emphasis on. But if you study the scripture, You look at what Jesus taught and what Paul the Apostle taught to the church. Both Jesus and Paul make it very clear that all of that stuff is secondary to the power of love and the human connection. All of the signs and wonders and miracles and speaking in tongues and spiritual giftings and all these things are great and awesome and they're gifts from God and They're used for the building up of the saints. And there's all these things, but they do not compare to God's love for you. And then in turn, you're supposed to have that love for other people. When you receive that love, the number one response to real love is to give. So you turn around and you give that love away. Paul says, yeah, it's awesome. 
like all that stuff is wonderful. And prophesying, it'll cease, and teaching will cease, and all these things. None of it compares to faith, hope, and love. Or you could say these three are broken without trust. Because faith, hope, and love can't fully exist without trust. Look at, look at where Paul said that in 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now abideth, he's saying what's left is faith, hope, and charity or love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Paul's saying don't get so caught up in doing that you forget to be. Don't forget who you are. Be love, be light, be hope. Be the son or daughter you were created to be. My pastor, Pastor Bruce, says that your doing must come from your being and never the other way around. Meaning all the things that you do for God, your good works, your, your giving and serving and loving and all the things that you do for God, it, it has to come from your being. It has to come from knowing who you are as a son or a daughter of God, and it comes out of that. Because if it's the other way around and you're just doing to try to earn some worth or you're just doing, 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 then you're going to burn out or you're going to get bitter. You're going to wonder why. Why am I the only one out there working when everybody else should be helping too? Or like you, if you're doing it for the wrong reasons or the wrong heart, your doing must come from your being. And you pour out of your overflow. Look, if you back back up, I wanted to read you this part in the Message Bible because I like how it words it. But um, it's First Corinthians thirteen. This is a famous passage that gets read at all kind of weddings and, and stuff like that. Some people know it as the love passage. But look what Paul writes here. In Start in verse 1. If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I'm nothing but a creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all of his mysteries and making everything plain as day, and if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. What you're saying is it all amounts to nothing. Like It's a waste of time. You can do and do and do. But if you don't have love and you're not loving, then you've missed the point. You do all these things to help people or to build the church or to whatever it is. But if you're doing these things without love, then you're missing it is what Paul's saying. Don't miss the point. Not that you don't do all these things. But don't miss the point. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. I'm empty. Okay, cool. So I want love. I want love. I want to receive love. I want to give love. Real love. God's love. Not a fake love. Not a broken love. Like, what does that look like? like what does real love look like? Luckily, Paul tells us love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for itself. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have, love doesn't strut. It doesn't have a swelled head. It doesn't force itself on others. It isn't always me first. Love doesn't fly off the handle. It doesn't keep the score of the sins of others. It doesn't revel when others grovel. It takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. Puts up with anything. Trusts God always. Always looks for the best. You see, trust is me believing in your future or the future you think of it that way like if I trust you that's me saying no matter what I know about your past I am trusting you that means I'm believing in you 
I believe that you're going to do the right thing in the future. So for me to extend trust to you is for me to believe in your future. It's for me to believe in you. You know how powerful that is to have somebody that believes in you? It can change things. That's what trust is. It's, it's me believing in your future. Sometimes the most powerful thing you can give someone is trust. It's to say, I believe in you. Love always looks for the best. Love never looks back, but keeps on going until the end. This is what love does. But if you eliminate trust, like if you take trust out of the picture, you eliminate all of these things of what love looks like. If you eliminate trust, you eliminate hope. If you eliminate trust, you eliminate faith and truth and perseverance. And you see, if you eliminate trust, you eliminate real love because agape is what without trust so you eliminate agape you eliminate God's love if you were to eliminate trust and when love becomes invisible God becomes invisible because God is love if the world can't look at you and see love then how can they see God When you do not choose to trust. Oh, let me go ahead and throw that out there. Love is a choice. We know that. Trust is also a choice. You choose to trust. A lot of times we get it mixed up and we think, well, you know what? I don't feel like it or they've not earned it or you choose to trust. When you do not choose to trust, you make grace inaccessible. Like, I don't trust you. No, I'm not going to give you another shot. No, there's no more chances for you. No, I don't trust you. That means grace is done. See, we love to talk about grace, but... There could be no grace without trust. For every time you extend grace to somebody, you are extending trust. You're saying, hey, I don't think you're going to do that again. You know what? I, I forgave you and, and we're going to walk through it. And But the people you trust, they may not be trustworthy. Can I say that you may not be trustworthy? Like none of us think that we're the one that's not trustworthy. Nobody. When you hear me talking about this, you're probably not sitting there thinking, yeah, I'm not trustworthy. I need to work on that. You're thinking about somebody else that you think is not trustworthy. Somebody else that you could never trust. That's what's popping in your mind. Now that's It's natural probably unless you're really mature and spiritual and you've probably been thinking about yourself the whole time and how you can fix it and be all that God's called you to be if so awesome go ahead and just pat yourself on the back but I think a lot of us have probably thought of somebody else well I hope they're hearing this or well I hope they listen to the podcast But the fact is, yeah, they may not be trustworthy. And I'm not saying you have to be in relationship with everybody or somebody that's going to just keep burning you and breaking your trust. You do have to forgive, but you don't have to walk in fellowship, in close relationship. But we are required to trust, and trust is a choice. You may not be trustworthy, but love always trusts. We just read that. So what are you saying? It begins with you. Looking at yourself and saying, am I trustworthy? Do I do what I say I'm going to do? 
Right? When I'm alone, am I the person that I say I am? If, if you want a world where people can be trusted, then you must be trustworthy. We probably all want a world where everybody can be trusted, where people, I can trust people, right? But it, it starts with each one of us. Trustworthy or worthy of trust. For you to be worthy of my trust. See, psychologists will tell us that we project upon the world what we know about ourselves. So if you're having a hard time trusting, first look in the mirror. Or if there's a certain group of people that you have a hard time trusting, right? maybe they think different than you or they look different than you or they were raised in a different environment than you or for whatever reason, different kind of person than you, different political party than you, a different, like I could, you can name a hundred different things. Well, I, you know, I can trust some people. I can trust the people like me, but I can't trust anybody that's blah, blah, blah. I can't trust anybody that's you fill in the blank. We need to look in the mirror. So my question is not how many people can you trust? How many people in my life can I trust? Who's really got my back? How, how many people do I have that I, that I can trust? No, my question for you is, how many people can trust you? How many people can trust you in your life? Point it back on you. What is love without trust? Broken. What is faith or belief without trust? Nothing. Faith, hope, love. You can't have these three without trust. Prove me wrong. Trust may be the most practical way that you can show grace. If you do not extend trust, then maybe it's become about law. Look at Exodus 18. This is a kind of kind of crazy story, I think. When people know that you trust them, that is the grace or the power that enables them to be trustworthy sometimes. It means you believe in the future them. When God trusted me to pastor this church, it wasn't because I had proven myself. It wasn't even because I was good at it. But there were still people that believed in me. There were still people that trusted me to be their pastor when I wasn't a pastor. And called me their pastor and said, you can do this. You're called to do this. Step up and do it. And I, and I knew I was called and I did it but it wasn't because I was good at it or qualified. But somebody trusted me to do it. More than one somebody, I'm saying. Love compels trust, and trust expands your universe. Jesus, man, I was about to start reading in Exodus, but let me just tell you real fast what... What Jesus said in Luke 16, 10. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whosoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. And what Jesus was teaching there is the more you trust, the bigger your world will get. And we see it throughout the New Testament. Well, how does that work? Because the more people I trust, the more people I'm connected to, the more I can do. It's the greater impact I will have. I can't walk out my purpose or my ministry by myself. If I'm called to preach, if I study the greatest message in all of the world and I stand out in the pasture and preach it to no one, like what good does it do? We need people. We need to connect. 
The more you trust, the bigger your world will get. And if you do not learn to trust, you will live a small life in a small world because you will only trust what you can control. It's a little world. It's not many connections, not many relationships. I, I can't go there because I don't trust the people there. And I can't, I can't be in relationship with him because I don't know what he's going to do. And I can't, I can't talk to her. And, I can't, like, and so your world just gets smaller and smaller and smaller until it's just you and maybe your kids because you can still control them. And, and you just live this little tiny life when God's got a great big life in mind for you. But you got to open up. You got to trust people, knowing even sometimes you're going to get burned. And that's okay. Even Jesus had to trust some dummies. Right? Even Jesus had to trust people. He was God, all God, all man. He came to the earth and he had to trust people. He had to trust his mom, and he trusted Peter and John, and Jesus even trusted Judas. Jesus trusted Judas to be in charge of the money that funded the ministry. I don't know at what point Jesus knew that Judas was going to be the one that betrayed him, but we know Jesus didn't know ahead of time. It wasn't a shock to him. He already knew it was going to be Judas. And yet he still trusted Judas. Say, you know what? I I trust you. I trust you to do this. All right, so look at this story in Exodus 18, um, verse 13. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses sat to judge the people. And the people stood by Moses from the morning into the evening. And when Moses' father-in-law saw that, saw all that he did to the people, he said, What is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why sittest thou thyself alone, like without help? And all the people stand by thee from morning until evening. And Moses said unto his father-in-law, Because the people come unto me and inquire of God when they have a matter they come unto me and I judge between one and another and I do make them know the statutes of God and his laws and Moses' father-in-law said unto him the thing that thou doest is not good what? how dare you? I just told you I'm doing ministry. I'm helping all these people. I'm, I'm teaching them about God and they're coming to me and I'm telling them what God said and, and I'm giving them wise, godly counsel and it's ministry. Who do you think you are? Father-in-law, Jethro. That was his name. You come to me and tell me it's not good. I was doing good stuff. It wasn't like Moses was out there sinning. Right, It wasn't like he was out there feeding an addiction and his father-in-law came and said, bro, this is not good. He was ministering to the people and helping them communicate with God and settle their disputes without fighting. He, he was doing good. He was doing ministry. And his father-in-law said, this is not good. Thou wilt surely wear away. Some translations say burn out. Bro, you can't do this alone. You can't do this without connections. Like it's gotten too big for you. You can't carry this. You're going to need some help or you're going to burn out. It will surely wear away both thou and this people. So if you're a leader, the things that you do and the things that you choose, if you overextend yourself and you're not filling back up and you're not doing what you're supposed to do, it doesn't only affect you, it affects everybody under you he said not only are you going to burn out but so are all the people you won't lose this whole two million people for this thing is too heavy for thee God dreams can't be carried by you alone he designs them that way so you need help thou art not able to perform it thyself alone 
And I was going to read you the next three verses. But basically, his father-in-law just tells him, look, go to every tribe and you pick out men out of each tribe and you're going to pick out some trustworthy people. You're going to pick out some men that have some integrity and, and you're going to set them in place. And anything small that comes up, just let them deal with it. You know what that takes? Trust. Because when a couple people come to one of your guys that you've set in place and they say, well, here's what's going on. And, and that was like the law. Whatever Moses said, that's what happened. But for Moses to set all these people in place, and it's like some over 50 people and some over 100 and some, like they all had different levels of trust. But Moses was required, if he was going to do this, he was going to have to trust these people to make decisions. And he said, and then anything big, they'll bring it to you. Anything that they're not sure about, they'll bring it to you. And you'll kind of be over those guys and, and we'll set it up like that. But Moses had to trust. Verse 24 says, So Moses hearkened to the voice of his father-in-law. And he did the, all that he said. Moses did it. If you jump over to the next chapter, verse 9, one verse and the Lord said unto Moses, after all that happened, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud. Wait, why? Why, God, why are you coming to me in a thick cloud? Like camouflage, like you can't see why you're coming. Here's why. That the people may hear when I speak with thee and believe. That word believe, it's a Hebrew word. It was translated believe. And it means trust, to believe, to have confidence, to be trustworthy, to put your trust in, putteth trust in, or trusted. So, that I speak with thee and believe thee forever. Wait a minute. Believe thee forever? Let me read you how NIV words that. The Lord said to Moses, I am going to come to you in a dense cloud so that the people will hear me speaking with you and will always put their trust in you. Wait, wait, wait a minute. God, didn't you mean so that the people would hear you speaking to me and they would always put their trust in you, God? Mm -mm, that's not what God said. God said, hey, Moses, I'm going to do something big and here's the purpose of me doing it so that the people will trust you. I need the people to learn to trust you. They need, they trust me. I'm big, I'm powerful, like those are my people, the children of Israel, they understand to trust me, they need to learn to trust people. They need to learn to trust leadership. God said, I want them to learn to trust you, Moses. And then Moses told the Lord what the people had said. See, God wanted people to trust Moses. I trust God, but not people. God says, not good enough. See, bad teaching is you can only trust God. Don't ever trust a man. I've heard it said from some churches. It's bad teaching. You see, God says, trust. If you think the whole world is your enemy, and no one can be trusted. And you'll spend your whole life fighting battles and looking over your shoulder and paranoid. But if you believe that there is an image of God in every person, calling them out to the good, then you can be a voice that calls out. And you'll hear the echo of millions as you make the world a better place. You trust who God says they are. You look inside of every person and you realize God's placed something in there and there is a future for them if they could just find it. 
if you could just believe in them enough to help them believe in themselves, to find what's always been there. God placed it there. Sometimes somebody just needs somebody to, someone else to believe in them. Trust gives others a voice. You get what you expect. Well, I've been burned. I've been hurt. I've been cheated on. I've been taught not to trust anyone. Trust happens in your mind. It's a decision. It's a pattern. And just like the patterns of distrust have been formed, patterns of trust can be formed. If I trust you, it's me saying I believe in you. I believe in your future. And I believe people can change. We've all messed up. And I believe we can all change. We can all grow. I don't want to waste my life. I don't want to waste my time. I I don't even want to waste a moment without love. I want to know that people believe in me. I want people to know that I believe in them. Let's watch this little short little YouTube video and then and then we'll close. My mom would be at all my sporting events. Let's say I was playing football, okay? My mother would be on the sidelines, and if the play on the field started going one way, my mother would run along like, Mark, get him, get him. I'd be like, oh my gosh. I'd get in the huddle with the other guys, they go, Mark, is that your mother? I go, no, I never saw her before in my life. <laughs> See, the greatest gift my mother ever gave me, she believed in me. I have overdosed on drugs on three occasions where I should have been dead. But I believe I was kept here for a reason. You show me your friends, I will show you your future. How do I know this? I hung out with losers and I became the biggest loser of them all because I gave up everything I dreamt about as a little boy because of who I chose to surround myself with. My friends would drive me home at two, three, four in the morning. We'd be drunk and high, laughing in the car. We'd pull up in front of my house in New York. they go, Mark, Mark, the light's on. I go, oh man, my mother's up. See, my mom wouldn't go to bed until she knew her son was still alive. I'd walk in, she'd say, hi Mark, how was your night? I go, it was good mom, I'm just gonna go to bed. She goes, can I, can I talk to you for a minute? I go, mom, I'm tired, I'm just gonna go to bed. She goes, Mark, I haven't seen you all day and all night. Can I please talk to you? I said, man, just leave me alone, you bug me. I'd slam my bedroom door on the one person who believed in me. I was on a worldwide tour and we were wrestling overseas in Japan. After my wrestling match, I went upstairs in my hotel room and I fell asleep. There was a knock at my door at three o'clock in the morning. I got out of bed and I looked through the safety window and I could see it was a Japanese promoter. So I opened the door and he said, Mark, you need to call home. There's been an emergency. I went and got on the hotel room phone. I called back to the United States and said, hey, what's going on? They said, Mark, I don't know how to tell you this. I said, just tell me what happened. All of a sudden they started crying. They go, Mark, I can't tell you. I said, just say it. They said, Mark, your mother died. I just threw the phone down. I ran out of my hotel room. I took the elevator to the lobby and when the doors opened up, I just ran out into the street. I mean, there was no cars, there was no people. It was three o'clock in the morning. And I walked down the middle of a street in Hiroshima, Japan. And I remember looking up and just saying, Mom, I am so sorry. I flew home for her funeral and I was so nervous to walk up to her casket. So I just stood way in the back. And I kept looking from a distance. I kept thinking to myself, Mom, please wake up. Please get up. And then I finally got the nerve to walk up to her. And as I got closer, I could see my mom for the first time. I mean, she was so beautiful. She, she was dressed in white. I mean, she looked like an angel. And I just stood over and I said, Mom, you are my hero. 
everything I am, everything I hope to be was because of you. You loved me so much, you gave me a life. You're the only one that ever believed in me. How did I repair? By getting drunk, by getting high, by getting stupid, by hanging out with losers, for what? All she ever wanted to do was talk to me. I wish I could talk to you now, Mom. I wish you could see what I'm doing. Why couldn't I have been a better son? We are defined by our choices. But if you surround yourself with people involved in drugs and alcohol and pills, it's a dead end. I'm not here to preach to you. I'm here to tell you I lived that life. It leads to broken hearts, broken relationships, broken dreams, and death. For what? To get high? If you have a mother or a father, when you go home, tell them how much you love them. See, my whole life was about being rich and famous. I had to be a millionaire. I had to win the race. I had to win the race to expense my marriage, my family, my friends for what? To be all alone in the world? I learned what is truly important, and that is how precious this gift of life is and our families and how quickly it can be taken away. See, I no longer live in time. I live in moments. See, it's not what's in your pocket that matters. It's what's in your heart that truly matters. Love, love is just a word until somebody comes along and gives it meaning. You, you're the meaning. I try to win the race and get everything and, and fill my bank accounts in my pockets to for what? To be alone? At the expense of my family, my relationships, my marriage? For what? To trust someone is to believe in them. And maybe you never even see the results of you believing in them. His mom didn't. Like his mom never saw the results of her believing and trusting that he had something great inside of him. But because of her believing in him, he's doing great things now. When you trust somebody, you're planting seeds in their soul. Trust is in us. We were created with trust inside of us. And much like your heart is a part of your body, trust is a part of real love. And just like you can't live without your heart, love can't exist without trust. I love what he said in that clip. I no longer live in time. I live in moments. You see, if you live in time, you're just a speck. You're small, you can't make a difference, you can't ever change anything. And so you'll live that way, small and alone. You judge everything based off of your past and that affects your future. But if you live in moments, then you realize that you have the power to choose. In this moment, you can choose your future. Um, Pastor Bruce wrote, in the book, Trust, Trust First. Life presents all of us with moments. Some of those moments require nothing of us other than to be present, whether with joy or sorrow. Other moments require some action, a bit of movement, or the re-examination of some belief we once felt sure of. Then there are moments that shake us, that challenge us, that confront us, that do not allow us to simply abide them or walk away from them, but they will leave us indelible, leave an indelible mark. They force us to make a decision that will either radically change our lives or 
leave us wondering what could have been. These crucible moments do not come along very often. I expect each of us will only have a few. But when we see one coming, we know immediately that the moment is going to cost us greatly. Whatever we choose. I believe that some of you are are faced with one of these moments. And I want you to know that you have the power to choose life or death. You can choose to trust. Choose to believe. Believe that there is good in people. People can change. Believe we can make the world a better place. Trust God. Trust people. And you ready? Here's the kind of tough one for some people. You got to trust yourself. If you don't trust yourself and you don't believe in your own future, then how can you ever really trust God or how can you ever really trust other people? If you can't trust yourself, you have to trust God, of course, number one. But you got to learn how to trust yourself. What you believe about yourself, you will project on the world around you. So if you believe that you're a liar, then you're going to live a skeptical life thinking that everybody's lying to you, everybody's dishonest, and you won't trust anybody. If you believe that you're a thief, then you're always paranoid thinking people are trying to steal from you and trying to... And you can't trust. If you believe that in your heart that you're a cheater and you don't trust yourself, then you're going to think that everybody else is and you're not going to trust them. But if I trust myself and choose to become a trustworthy person, and maybe you've done some things in the past that have made you untrustworthy. That's okay. Trust can be built back. It just takes time and consistency. You just start doing the right thing over and over. Right? You start today doing what you say you're going to do. You start today being honest. And it's going to take some time and some consistency. If I believe there's good in me and that there's hope for the future, then I start to love God and trust God and believe in Him. And then I start to love people and trust people and to believe in people. Where's your trust today? Jesus came to show us that God can be trusted. He knew us. He understands the human dilemma. He knew that humans could not be trusted. Like God knew that. Yeah, Adam and Eve proved it. The first and the very beginning in the garden, they were told not to do something and they did it. Fell into temptation. Like God knew. I can't trust them. They're going to choose the wrong thing over and over. They're going to mess up. They're going to make mistakes and yet he put his son's life in human hands Jesus chose chose to trust the father and people why so that we would know God is faithful so that we could know he's trustworthy. And that even before we were trustworthy, he extended trust to us. He said, hey, I believe in you. I believe in the future. I believe that you can change the world. So much so that I'll sacrifice my son. I'll put him in your hands knowing that you'll mock him and beat him and betray him and laugh at him and kill him.
but I'm so big I can work it all together for good and give every one of you purpose. He proved it. If God is willing to trust you with purpose and dreams and ability and looks, a wife or a husband or kids or a ministry or maybe he's trusted you with influence or talent, life like you woke up this morning breathing so you've got purpose. Maybe he trusted you with money or time. Why don't you just say yes? Maybe it's time to cross that line of faith and believe. Trust Him. Because I can tell you today He's trustworthy. And if you learn to trust, it will open up your life. Let's pray. God, thank you for speaking to us today. God, help us to see trust in a different way. God, we want to be all that you've called us to be. We want to look like you. We want to show the world your love. We want to look more and more like you as we mature and as we grow. And God, we realize that that means we've got to trust Not only you, but we've got to extend trust to the people in our world. We got to believe in people. We got to believe in each other. And we need people to believe in us. So God, help us to be the body that you've called us to be. Help us to be the light and the salt to be loved to the worlds that we're placed in. In Jesus' name, amen.